Welcome to Replant Bootcamp, the boots on the ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. 180 has just launched two new products that we think could really help your church. Stick around to the end of the podcast to hear more. Welcome to episode 22 of Replant Bootcamp Podcast here with my good friend Bob. And then we've got a special boots on the ground guest with us today, Corey Davis. Excited to have him with us. Look, hey, listeners, boot campers, we would love to have you as a guest as well. Send us your questions. You can call them in, you can text them in like Corey Davis did. You can email them, send us something on social media, carrier pigeon. Uh, flannel graph. I want a flannel graph question. Flannel graph. Oh, please. Please, this is a flannel graph. That would make us so happy if you did something like that. Uh, so Corey Davis uh, is on here. And Corey, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I saw something you posted on social media that do you have – I saw when you were coming to Houston, you said Big Country coming to town. Is your nickname just by chance Big Country? The last church I served at, yeah, that was the nickname that was dubbed to me was Big Country uh, because nice. I wear I wear overalls and stuff, and so that was kind of – it just kind of stuck. I love so it. So where where in the world were you living? That Was it like in the South? Just tell us, like, where were you when they gave you the name Big Country? I'm in East Texas, which is, some people would say, not really country. But uh, I'm East Texas is big, but I'm in kind of Northeast Texas, which is okay. Longview, Tyler area, for people that need a map to see where that's at. So are you anywhere near the Piney Woods? Or Yes. Okay. Yes. I have been to the Piney Woods. And I have actually camped out at a lake cabin in Dangerfield, Texas, which I think is close to Tyler. I just let me say, when our kids were little and we were camping and we were about to kill each other in the cabin, we went to the Tyler Zoo. And the Tyler Zoo, Tyler, Texas Zoo, friends, I think it costs like seven bucks to get in. That's a pretty sharp little zoo for for Tyler, Texas. I'm telling yeah. you, check it out. Yeah, definitely. Free, by the way, on the boot camp, travel travel uh, recommendations. Right <laughs> travel now. recommendations from the Yelp elite, Bob. Baker. Yes. Yes. Hey, so you know, you know, you live in the country, though. I mean, I, I would say I don't know where you are, but when you have to drive somewhere to borrow somebody's internet <laughs> to jump on the phone call. Corey, we're glad to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're serving, what you're doing in the world of replanting right now. Of course, I'm Corey. Um, I'm married, been married uh, 11 years now, got my wife, and uh, we've got three children. And uh, we're currently serving at Eastview Baptist Church, which is in Kilgore, Texas. Took the church over in December. Uh, they called me as their pastor. We have an average of attendance of about 20 uh, we've been running about 14 here lately due to the flu season, but we're we're just a little small church there. Kind of walked into this, uh, didn't realize that replanting was a thing. I was thinking more revitalization. And then as I've gotten into this more, I say, oh, no, we're not a revitalization. We are a replant for sure. And so uh, and I laugh because my dad actually before replanting was kind of replanting, replanted his church. So uh, nice. So I, I've told him, I said, well, I guess I'm learning what you did and I've got a lot more resources than you had. So there you go, man. That's pretty common. We hear a lot of guys that 
have not heard of replanting that go to serve in a church and then actually start hearing stuff about replanting and basically said just what you said. I, I didn't know what I was doing until I ran across you guys, but I guess I'm doing a replant. So would you say that what you're doing, I guess, is a replant from within, right? Yes, yes. It, it's definitely a replant from within. Uh, what had happened was the pastor previously to me, he actually passed away uh, at the church, not at the church, but he preached Sunday morning, passed away Monday morning at his home. And so there was an older congregation. We, with my three kids, bring the average age to 70. So <laughs> it's a lot older church. Uh, and it's actually two blocks down from our, where I graduated high school. So oh, wow. Nice. All right. Excellent. So kind of a kind of a homecoming for you a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Right. Does the prophet have favor in his hometown, though? So far, when I was here serving uh, prior to that, I, I spent 10 years in student ministry, and uh, I was in the next town over, and several people that I graduated with lived there, and they were actually kind of surprised that I was a youth pastor. But <laughs> Hey, that's awesome. You know, but I, I always tell people the best pastors were youth pastors, right? Amen. Amen. You got to be, you have to be a resourceful generalist and multi-generational affinity and you know how to handle conflict and you've probably done some stupid things that could have got you fired. And then you figured out how to navigate through that. So uh, all the youth pastors out there that are listening from uh, coast to coast, you should probably pray about being a replanter. Absolutely. Hey, so Corey, you you sent us a great question. I would love for you to just go ahead and and let everybody know what was that question. Share that with us so that we can dive in discussing that. Yeah, so one of the things in in my church, like I said, with our average age being 70, one of the things we're wanting to do is we're wanting to get into our community more, but we have a lot of people in our congregation that are just above the age of being able to just go out and knock on doors and say, hey, we're here. We want you guys to come see the church, uh, which that leaves my wife and myself the being the ones that have to do all that. And I'm bivocational, so that that becomes a challenge within itself trying to get all that done. So that's what I was wondering if you guys had any uh, wisdom from the gurus for guys like me that are maybe in that type of situation. Yeah, man, that is so common. Uh, we hear that question a lot. And first of all, man, I just I'm excited that you're replanting a church and the 20 the sower folks that have kept it going, one of the things we just have to, to remind ourselves is they're not the obstacle to our ministry. They are the ministry. And there's a way that you can engage a, a group of folks who have given in the previous seasons of their life to, to ministry and to founding a church. There are new ways that they can can serve the church. One of the, the illustrations I use a lot in talking about this is, is kind of a a sports or football illustration. Back in the day when the SEC was accepting teams into its new conference, Arkansas, uh, where I grew up, was one of the uh, schools that got accepted in. And they did pretty well the first couple of years. And then uh, we have had no success for like the last 25 or 30 years. Uh, And I remember we lived in Missouri at the time. And one of the things that uh, happened here was Missouri got brought into the SEC and everybody was really concerned about their recruiting class and do they have the type of offense and all those sorts of things that can run plays in the SEC. And they actually did pretty good because they were able to adapt and they were able to adjust and they were able to do some things. But some churches, some churches are made up of folks that it's like their church got drafted in the SEC and they don't have the players to run and compete in the SEC yeah. in terms of culture. So, so one of the realities is, is you've just nailed it. The way that you guys do outreach the way that your church engages with it, specifically with those senior saints, there's a lot of things to think think through. So I guess the first thing that I would say is prepare their hearts. Uh, that is the most important thing. 
just to prepare their hearts. And the way that you do that through through biblical preaching on what does it mean to to be a church, to be a church on mission. What has God called us to in terms of communicating the gospel? Because most of us grew up in the environment where it was the way you the way you do outreach is you invite people to the campus of the church or to the location for a series of meetings or an event or a youth rally or something like that. And all of us being youth pastors, we probably did the youth rallies where we had pizza and a speaker and you know that sort of thing. But most cultures we're seeing a shift that that doesn't work anymore. And so it's hard to get uh, it's hard to get folks out to go engage the community. But I, I think first and foremost, you got to prepare their heart through preaching, practical teaching on what does it look like to be a missionary in in their context, in their culture. And then I think you have to cast a vision and we can get into some specific ways about how do you cast a vision for a senior saint to engage the community. But man, that's where I would start is I, I would just say, as you and your wife and your family do outreach through, you know, your normal involvement in the community, man, prepare your your people for that. Because if, if you start reaching a bunch of people and your older folks, they're not prepared to receive them into the fellowship of the church, then, then you've got some issues where you, you're kind of like, oh man, I... Uh, they weren't ready. Uh, and we laughing, laugh about this, but I think a couple of podcasts ago, I said, when I first went to my church, about 40 people, more uh, the average age was over 70. We would have some guests come and I knew we weren't ready for our guests, like just the culture and the heart and, and our perspective and all that. And I, I would, I would actually sometimes pray, Lord, please don't send us any visitors just yet. Right. Like this. Oh yeah. Can you give us a time to kind of get our folks ready? So I think there's a season of preparing those, those sweet senior saints. Yeah, I would agree. I would say they they can engage in mission. They're just going to have to do it differently. They're going to have to think about it differently, maybe than the way they have thought about it. I, I had to help coach our WMU, our Women on Mission, to rethinking some things. Our, our Women on Mission have a, they do a monthly mission project, and they were already doing that before I got here. But most of the time, their monthly mission project in, involved gathering things, gathering socks and blankets to send to the homeless shelter or making, you know, cookies for the teachers or something like that. And so one of the things I did is I talked to him about, hey, let's keep doing the monthly mission project. I like that. I love that you're doing that. I celebrated that and celebrated that they were doing that. But I just encouraged them, hey, let's rethink and see if there's some way where there can be a little more human interaction and contact when we're doing that. And so keep doing the same things that you're doing, but maybe instead of making the cookies in little in little bags and just dropping them off at the office, what if, I mean, could we, some of the more able-bodied ladies, could, could they, could they go and we'll just go like into the teacher's lounge, meet with a teacher, let them know that we're praying for them, let them know that we love them and just helping them rethink, Hey, how do we make sure when we do these things that we in some way are engaging with people directly was one step that we were able to take at our replant. Yeah. I think one of the things we, we forget is that there, uh, for us in a replant, replant pastors, for us to pull off events and, and outreach opportunities and things that, that takes a lot of work, but there are already some built-in opportunities within every community where your church can go out. So like for you, for you guys, Corey, if your kids are going to play t-ball or be active in sports, man, like that's a mission field, right? Well, what does that look like for a senior adult or seasoned saint? Well, there are hospitals that they can volunteer in, there are libraries that they can volunteer in, schools, they can do reading. They could go into uh, hospitals and rock babies that are, you know, in the nursery or, you know, parents can't be there. And there's just so many things that senior adults can do. And while they're doing that, they have the opportunity to share the gospel to people their own age, their peers, 
right, who are volunteering as well, but also the, the staffs of those organizations, the, the hospitals, the libraries, the schools, et cetera. And so part of our ministry is really equipping them to understand that God actually wants them to not only demonstrate the gospel, but he wants them to declare it at the same time. So, you know, folks who've grown up in church, were used to the pastor giving the invitations and the altar calls and explaining the plan of salvation. And so many of them may have not had the opportunity outside of their family uh, or maybe many, many years ago to actually help somebody navigate uh, what it means to understand what it means to come to have faith in Christ. So that's part of the preparation process. But man, I, I'm all about sending commun- our church community out into places where they're automatically salt and light in the culture and where we didn't have to do administrative organization of a bunch of events. And so I think that's kind of the the disciple making as you go and declaring the gospel as you go, and which is super helpful. So I, I love to see that. But we, we also, I think sometimes we discount presence ministry and, and the presence that people from our church can have in the community. And that's one of the joys about having a, a smaller community with, with residents that are inside your church that, you know, go there, that, that have connections. Man, they just can develop a presence community, a presence within the community. One of the things that, that I think would be really great is, uh, and we see this around our community, but there are a couple of cafes and coffee shops where people have Bible studies. And the relationships that they develop with the servers and with the, the counter staff, praying for them, maybe taking up a collection to meet, you know, a single mom's need, that sort of thing. That is huge in, in terms of really helping your folks see that that outreach can be done wherever they are, whatever they say, whatever. They do. Yeah, I don't know if your senior adults have certain restaurants or diners they frequent. Ours do in our community. There are a couple of restaurants and diners that our senior adults eat at a lot. And so I encourage them and interact with, become a regular and, and that, that becoming a, I'm a big believer in becoming a regular somewhere because of the relational aspect. And so I love it when, when there's a restaurant and, and I walk in and they know my name to me, that's a missional win. I now yeah. have a relationship with those people that work there and I'm able to, to invest in that relationship in ways that are able. And that's something that most senior adults love to go out to eat. And that's something, if they can become a regular somewhere and be very intentional about that, that can be a good step. I think one of the things we have to understand as we're casting vision is that older, older saints are valuable. That We need to know that as replant pastors. We don't need to overlook that. And we need to make sure that we're communicating that to them, that, that we believe that, not just with our words, but with our actions. And so it's important to cast vision on that so they can see how their value and engagement changes over time. And the beauty of the, what we, the work that we do, this is not a business. This is not, and there is a supernatural aspect to this. And what's great is the greatest tool we've been given is prayer. And man, the more we can emphasize the power of prayer, anybody, anybody that can think, anybody that can talk, anybody that can have thoughts and communicate with God that's a believer can be a significant prayer warrior. And that, that is not only, that's not only something for senior saints to do, that's the most valuable thing uh, any church member can, can start doing in a church. And uh, I, I would recommend, we'll link it in the show notes. I would recommend to you, Corey, there's a 40 day prayer guide for, revitalization that you could give to your church members that walk them through 40 days of an intentional prayer for church revitalization to kind of get that culture of prayer started. 
And one of the, one of the old traditional things that a lot of senior adults love that I think is great is cottage prayer meetings. I don't know if you're familiar with that idea of just meeting in people's homes and praying. And I mean, that, that emphasis of prayer is, is really, really great. One of the things that, that can be true when a church is monogenerational, particularly as it's declined. So monogenerational church, the decline church is usually older. Uh, the church plant is usually younger. And so what you have is you have a lot of the, you just have a lot of single generation uh, culture. And the wonderful thing about a replant or a revitalization is you can get to multi-generational church pretty quick uh, just by reaching a few younger folks and then just communicating the value of what it, what it means to be a multi-generational church. And so one of the things I would say that, you know, some, some of our listeners and, and some replanters may think are older saints may not be able to reach younger generations. But what I would want to say is, is it's actually that the older saints have a, an opportunity to reach younger generations in ways that they don't imagine or don't think. So uh, one, one of the cool things um, is we have uh, a few older ladies in our church that our younger families absolutely love right now. And uh, one of them is Miss Dottie, and she's just phenomenal. And, and everybody in our church loves her. And so we're, we're in the second wave of a baby boom. In the first year and a half ago, we had about 14 babies born into our congregation. And then this year, uh, we just found out we're, we're expecting 10 by the end of this next baby boom. So for those of you listeners who want to help us with our nursery expansion or you want to come volunteer, please come uh, and help us out. But one of the things that, that's so awesome about the multi-generational church is all of those young families have connected with Miss Dottie and Miss Dottie loves and welcomes and holds and greets those babies. And so you get a lot of, we get a lot of transient folks that move in, young couples that move in and their, their parents are not there. Uh, their grandparents are not there. And so our senior adults have actually become one of the drawing cards to our church. And so as, as we have a gathered worship service, uh, you, you you hear some of our younger folks really value them. And so, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, uh, my grandparents, I love my grandparents. They live next door. They're probably kind of the only older people that I hung out with. And my kids uh, didn't, haven't grown up around my parents. So they haven't grown up around their grandparents. So the, the older folks in the church have really reached out to them and, and they've really developed a love for them. So I think when you when you look out at your congregation and you see a lot of seasoned folks with a lot of life experience, we just have to probably have a different perspective on how they can help us reach younger folks and the community. And one of the best things that older folks have is they have years of walking with the Lord. They have typically a more rich prayer life uh, than, than younger folks. And then uh, they also have a lot of free time and disposable time that they can help help you do outreach. And so, man, what a great what a great resource for the church. Now that we've got all these young parents and all these babies, our young parents uh, who normally would help us do outreach are, are exhausted and trying to sleep. And then when the kids get a little older, they're all going to soccer games and, you know, baseball games and all those sorts of things. So really the, the older folks in your church, the seasoned saints, they give you a great resource in terms of outreach. Absolutely. So just to summarize some of the things that we've gone over is, uh, the first thing that is really important is prepare their hearts. Uh, this is the first and most important part through biblical preaching, practical teaching, casting vision. When casting vision, talking about how older saints are valuable. That if one of the things I say at my church a lot uh, is if you can still fog a mirror, 
then God still has a mission for you. All right. Uh, you, you never, you never get to retire. Uh, you, you, you can retire from your job. You can cash out your 401k, get the gold watch, do that whole thing. But if you can fog a mirror, then God still has a mission for you. And so you got to keep going and just under, help them understand that they can engage. They may just have to do it differently than what they used to do. And they may have to think about it differently than how they've thought about it before. Make sure that it doesn't end up being reduced to just gathering items and giving those away. That's good. And that does help people. But there needs to be human interaction. There needs to be some ways that they can do that. Think, think creatively. The, the greeting table, sign-up stuff, building multi-generational relationships, being a regular somewhere that they go. And not just being a regular, but being a regular and a good tipper and being intentional about those relationships. Don't go be a curmudgeon and say anything about the church. If you're going to go be a curmudgeon, uh, then, then just be quiet. Uh, don't say anything about what church you're at or anything like that. Corey, does that help? Have we helped answer this question for you and bring any any light to that for you? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. You give me a lot of good good insight moving forward uh, with, with our group here and, and challenging them in a, in a different aspect. Uh, so they'll maybe be more intentional with what they're doing and how they're reaching out to our community. Excellent. It's been a pleasure to have you with us as a boots on the ground guest with us. We appreciate the work that you're doing, the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. Hey, listeners, again, we'd love to have you as a guest. We'd love for you to send in your questions, your thoughts, your topics. It's one of our favorite things to do. It's our desires for this podcast to be a listener driven podcast. And we want to, we want we don't want to just come up with ideas thinking on a 30,000 foot view that entertain our own thoughts. We want to make sure that we're coming alongside and helping you how we can. So send us those. If you liked this podcast, if you liked this episode or any of the other ones, then share it with your friends. Let them know, get the word out so that we can help as many as people as possible. One of the ways that you can help us do that is by going to your favorite podcast app and leaving us a review Uh, giving us a star rating and leaving us a review, that actually helps get the traffic out there and get us out to more ears so that they can hear us. As always, we want to thank our sponsor, 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. And they've launched two awesome new products that help churches, church plants, church replants. The first one is called Launchpad. It's an all-in-one custom branding and website bundle developed specifically for church planters replanters, and revitalizers who need, who need to get things moving quickly. The second is Church QuickSight. It was created for churches working with tight budgets and can help them get an amazing new website in as little as one week at an affordable price. Check out 180.church. That's O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about these special new offerings and how 180 can help move your church forward.